Hello again, everyone, and welcome to our Detroit News podcast, Octopulse, taking the pulse of the Red Wings rebuild under General Manager Steve Eiserman. I'm Mark Faulkner, Assistant Sports Editor at the Detroit News, and I'm with our Red Wings beat reporter, Ted Colfin. Later in the show, we'll talk about Gordie Howe's final season in the NHL at age 52. Our guest will be John Garrett, who played with Gordie Howe back in the 1979-80 season. But first, Ted, the Red Wings right now, they're just 4-10-1, last in That goals. pulse is rather weak, Mark. Pulse that pulse is, <laughs> is not very strong right now. What's the biggest problem with this team right now? They're last in goals, four, fourth worst in goals against, but what's wrong with the team right now? You're right, the pulse, it's, it's, it's a very lot. faint. Mark, I mean, you can pick one. I mean, there's a lot of various things when you look at it. A lot of them are talking about the special teams, and that's pretty obvious. That's a big issue right now. They're ranked what I think it was 25th on the power play 28th on a penalty kill that's not going to win you a lot of games when you get that sort of combination uh, the goaltending has slipped a little bit I know we talked about that the last couple weeks I don't think Jimmy Howard and Jonathan Bernier have been as sharp offensively that's still a problem I mean Andreas Anthony has still hasn't scored a goal this season friends Nielsen doesn't have a point uh, Valtteri Filippula is not producing much. It's just pick one, Mark. I mean, there's a lot of various things going wrong right now. You were in uh, Florida on Saturday night, and you talked to Coach Jeff Blaschel. Here's what Blaschel had to say about the team's confidence. Hey Jeff, where's this team's confidence at right now? You think you guys are somewhat fragile in certain ways? Or? Well, I don't think there's any doubt uh, we've been fragile. We better dig in, though. Like uh, we control our confidence, you know. Like uh, we got a, we've got a, we've done a pretty good job uh, after, you know, we went through that stretch there in Calgary and Edmonton, and I thought we've done a pretty good job of our next game mentality, next shift mentality, and we're gonna have to find a way to learn from this thing and and, and uh, regroup Monday and, and and play a real game. I thought, you know, certainly there was tons of frustration at the end, probably by everybody, including myself. Um, you're frustrated, but it, but the, the, that also ultimately is a wasted emotion. Uh, we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta be better for sure. We gotta dig in on Monday and find a way to win a game. So Ted, you can hear the frustration in Blashill's voice there. Uh, they've already lost seven. That was games. a bad outing, Mark. That yeah. really was. They really. I think I think everybody in their room, and Jeff, Jeff especially after the game, just the fact there was so little pushback, and they fell behind early. They never really posed a threat to come back. That was a disappointing effort. And I think there is a lack of confidence on this team. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, I think they're rather fragile. You fall behind early. If they fall behind early in any of these games, it's just you don't get the confidence that they're going to come back. Somehow or other, they need to dig deep right now. Was that one of the worst games you've seen this year, the Florida 4 nothing game, Ted? That's been, <laughs> there's been quite a few. Yeah. My ranks are right, right up there, though. Uh, it's just a tough go right now. When you look at the schedule, there's not a lot of breathers coming up either, so it's going to be a tough road to hoe. Well, like I said, seven games this year, they've lost by three or more goals. Last year, they lost by three or more goals just 11 times. So. Is that a factor with Jeff Blaschel on the hot seat? We don't really know what Steve Eiserman is thinking as far as... It's just really disconcerting when you're losing that much that often by those... They're not close. Last year, last couple of years, I guess you could say, there were a lot of close games. They were very competitive. This year, you haven't gotten the sense that they've been very competitive, and I think that's the thing that's pretty disconcerting. 
Jeff's future? Who knows? I mean, I don't think anybody likes to be embarrassed, and they've been embarrassed quite a bit here lately. On the flip side, I remember just being as a being a Tiger fan and reading a lot of the articles a couple of summers ago when Brad Osmus was under a lot so much fire in his final right, year. Right, right. Is it really going to do anything? I mean, this roster, you could bring Scotty Bowman in here, and I don't think they'd be able to do much. So, I mean, I don't know. Does it really do anything when he fired Jeff? Who are you going to replace him with on this staff? I mean, Jan Bosma obviously has some experience, but he's, he's going to be a placeholder, I'm sure. We'll see. We don't know what Stevie's thinking, but obviously, if they keep on losing, something might have to be done. So, for that reason, then, do you think Eisenman, unless unless the team continues to be losing these one-sided games, like you said, do you think Eisenman will just run the course and, and he's still he's still observing and trying to make decisions, maybe down the road? Sure. I mean, I could see that. I mean, I could definitely easily see Jeff Blaschel finishing the season, but. Again, if it starts to get too car- too far out of control here, just spiraling out of control, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see something happen. Now, one of the biggest problems on this team is the defense, the defensemen. And earlier tonight, I talked to Hal Gill, the radio analyst with the Nashville Predators. The Predators are ranked third overall in this hockey news story as far as defensemen, one through six. The Red Wings here, Ted, and the story are ranked 31st and here's what Hal had to say about how Nashville's David Poyle has developed defensemen like Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Eklom and they used to have P.K. Subban, Shea Weber, Seth Jones. So here's Hal Gill. I think Nashville, what they've done so well in Poyle, Roman Yossi played in Milwaukee. He, he spent his time in the AHL. Ryan Ellis, Matthias Eklom are all the same. When I played with Matthias Eklom, he played two games and he was scared to death and they went they did they just let him sit in Milwaukee and now he's in my opinion one of the best defensemen in the game. I look at Detroit and you have some older players that are injury prone and not playing a lot uh, that are you know it's like you need those guys to carry the weight until this young talent young skill can come in because uh, I'm waiting to see what Detroit does and, and how that happens because um, you can go out and buy one or two defensemen and get them on free agency, but to get four, really, it, it's it's hard to do that. And and so, um, you know, every team has that drop off of a five and six. It's just going to happen. Uh, but if you can get that top four, have a solid top four, that's what you're looking for. So, uh, I I would assume if, if I'm Iserman, I I'm making some yeah, trades yeah. to get those young players and trying to to get a solid core of three fours, maybe not the one or two, get solid three fours all the way through the lineup so you can compete and play at the same time you're developing those young guys. We looked at the hockey news with DeKaiser, Hironic, Nemeth, Green, Chalosky, and Daly. Tonight, all the veterans are out and then the youngsters are playing, so it... It's a difficult situation. I mean, that's like going back to the previous segment when we're talking about Blaschel. Hey, what more can a guy do? I mean, it's, it's, it is what it is. He's got what he has on his roster. It's a difficult situation. And the thing is, here's the thing. Pieces like Trevor Daly and Mike Green, they were expected to be maybe rental pieces at a sure. deadline. They haven't played very well. You're not going to get anything for them. They're not going to be wanted at the deadline. So that's disappointing in that aspect. 
you're just hoping at some at some point here in the next couple months they can come back healthy, they can play well. Maybe you can get a low round draft pick at least for them. But yeah, I mean they have a long way to go in, in, a, in a lot of these position groups. Okay, that's it for now for this segment. We'll be back later with overtime. But first, an interview with former NHL goalie John Garrett about Gordy Howe. We're joined now by former NHL goalie and current Vancouver Canucks TV analyst John Garrett. Welcome to the podcast, John. Well, thank you. Yes, former NHL, but I also like to say former WHA. Former WHA. Former CH. Well, what was it? Central Hockey League Central with the Hockey Kansas League. City Blues. Yes. Western Hockey League with the Portland Buckaroos. American Hockey League with the Richmond Robins, where I played for Ronnie Wilson's dad. Ronnie Wilson, Red Wings connection. Yes, yeah. there's the Red Wings. Now, you were teammates. You mentioned the uh, World Hockey Association. You were teammates of Gordy Howe's and Gordy's final year and before that, but certainly the 79-80 season when you guys were in the NHL together. Gordy called that one of the greatest accomplishments of his life. Really, the only, the only player to have a father-son and son combination. So, John, what was that like with Gordy Howe and Marty and Mark? Well, it, it was really unbelievable. And uh, Gordy Howe, uh, the thrill of playing with Gordy Howe in the NHL, back in the NHL. He was 52 years old, and I, I I'd been around for a little bit, but I was 20 years younger, yeah. and Back then, we didn't have uh, physical therapists, or you had one coach. You had one trainer, one equipment guy. You didn't have a, we had steak and French fries. Gordy had chicken every day, he's superstitious. He had chicken every chicken. day for a pregame meal. Chicken and French fries. And yet Gordy, at 52, was in better shape than most of us. And just a naturally strong, one of his many nicknames was Power. And just because of how strong he was. and. Uh, Marty, one of the nicest guys that I've ever met. Uh, if Marty had had Mark's skill, and Mark, nice guy too, but Mark's skill was just unbelievable. Uh, if Marty, he would have been, Marty would have been as good as Ray Bork if he had Mark's skill. Mark's skill. Sure. <laughs> but uh, he was such a competitor like his dad, yeah. but just not that good. And uh, Mark was all world, uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, well-deserved. I remember when Mark got hurt, uh, we were playing at home against the New York Islanders. And uh, somebody was, Mark was coming back, he was a defenseman then, he got poked by John Tonelli, went into the net, and that was back when the net had those round things. And after that, they changed them, uh, because Mark, uh, it was an ugly injury, and once he got, <laughs> we missed the playoffs, the coach got fired, and on and on and on. Another Gordy Howe story, though, and uh, just watching him sign autographs and be a classy, mm. uh, true professional you watch him and then the young guys that came in and Ronnie Francis was uh, came in and Jordy Douglas and these guys young guys that came in and uh, watched Gordy and learned from Gordy it, it was unbelievable but Gordy's last NHL goal we're in Montreal the Montreal form before the trapezoid pucks in the corner John Garrett goes out to play it throws <laughs> it around the boards to Mark Howe Mark Howe carries it down throws it across to Gordy Gordy cuts through the middle, lets a long wrist shot go, beats Denny Heron. Did you get the assist? Gordy Howe from Mark Howe. 
I happened to look up that game too. You faced 40 shots. Why didn't you get that second? I didn't get assist? that assist. No and, we, and we lost 7-2. Right. So I'm not in a great mood no. after the game. And uh, so I'm not going to bitch and moan about, oh, no. I didn't get the assist. But I didn't know it was going to be Gordy's last goal in the NHL. And I phoned, somebody brought it up to me. And uh, I phoned Benny Ercolani, who's the league statistician. And I said, and he goes, no, the time has expired. It was like 20 years after, and uh, they wouldn't give me the assist. Well, too bad. Yeah, well, we know you got it. Yeah, so, thanks. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's there. The video it. evidence is there. Yeah. So, Gordy's 52 years old, like you said. Um, he was seventh in team scoring, 15 goals, 26 assists, played in all 80 games. So what was it like as you saw him play on the ice in practice? You talked about his pregame meal, but... He was still quite a player even then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And his practices, obviously, at his age and what he'd accomplished, uh, they weren't as hard as the young guys who were okay. trying to make it in the NHL. And uh, we had Mike Rogers and Blaine Stoughton and guys like that that uh, you talk about Gordy being seventh. And uh, Mike and Blaine, Blaine had 50 goals and Mike had 100 points. And uh, they had to really, really work to achieve that. And Gordy, at 52, was so smart, knew the game so well that he didn't and he like you say he played uh, as many games as he played uh, in the WHA in particular when I played with Gordy uh, if you came near Murray or Murray you came near Marty <laughs> Murray Murray wasn't good enough to play no. if you came near Marty or Mark you were going to pay the price like if you hit them dirty yeah in Gordy's opinion, you were going to get an elbow or high stick or something. Something was going to happen to you. And I remember Robbie Fatorik stuck Mark one night. And sure enough, next shift, wham. And Gordy's got a stick right in Robbie's face. And, yeah. Was yeah. there a penalty? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, hey. Local fans here, Red Wing fans, will remember the 1980 All-Star Game at Joe mm-hmm. Lewis Arena. The thunderous applause, Gordy Howe coming out. Again, that was part of that season. Where yes, he, it was. Yeah. Yes, so what do you was. remember about well, that? Well, it was yeah. unbelievable. Uh, yeah. That season uh, was the season that the Red Wings transitioned from the Olympia to Joe Lewis. Guess who played the last game in the Olympia? No way. Did you really? You got it. Uh, well, because they brought, Gordy, they, they, <laughs> they brought Gordy in for the last game in the Olympia. Okay. And he was with the Whalers. So we yeah. played. And I'm at one. Oh, John, that's amazing. Uh, I'm in one net. <laughs> my good friend Jimmy Rutherford's down in the other, in yeah. Detroit's net. Yeah. And it ended up being a 3-3 tie. So everybody was happy. And the building, like, they were tearing it down literally right after that last game. And so the dressing rooms were just, uh, and the lighting was so bad. But uh, it was such a thrill. And uh, Gordy going to the All-Star game that year. And uh, I had got off to a pretty good start. And they were taking, uh, you know, who's going to go from Hartford and sure. blah, blah, blah. And, well, there was there was no doubt who was going to go from Hartford. <laughs> it's in Detroit, Gordy Howe. And uh, just the players who saw him play and for us, in the the guys, they seem to forget about the WHA and the grind that playing in the WHA was. It was a slap shot. We we lived that with the Hanson brothers in in sure. Minnesota. We had the Fighting Saints. We played Gordy in the playoffs one year when Houston won the AFCO Cup that one year, and uh, we had the Carlson brothers, literally the Hanson brothers. We had Billy Goldthorpe. We had John Arbor. Uh, we had Gordy Gallant. We had all these guys. It was slap shot. And yet that team, that Houston team, and led by Gordy Howe as the toughest guy. And 
it, there was just no way. And our our game was intimidation, and you weren't going to intimidate Gordy. There was, and they had, you know, John Shella and some other guys, but uh, it was all led by Gordy, and and that's Gordy at 47 or 48, whatever sure, he was sure. at that time, yeah. and then. Uh, you go to the NHL, and he wanted to play in the NHL with uh, Mark and Marty, and he did that. Dave Keon was on that team. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Hall came to that Bobby team Hall. late Rick in the Lee, year. Gordy Roberts. Nick Gordy Fatio. Roberts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Larry Plo ended up being our coach after a couple of years. He was there. And, uh, Harry Neal's talked about, what do you tell Gordy Howe? About, like, what oh, do you do as a coach, John? Like, what, like, well, <laughs> you just let Gordy do what he wants to do, I think. And to me, it was uh, the the coach's job was to pick who was going to play with Gordy. Okay. And that was, okay, you'd pick guys that Gordy could read. And, and Gordy was so, such a smart player, just a natural instinct for the game. That no matter who he played, you know, you get some guy with speed, get some guy that could make a given go to Gordy, and uh, that was the mastery of of having. And we made the playoffs that year. Nobody thought we were going to make the playoffs, and and we made the playoffs that year. And you think of the WHA teams two years later or three years later, the Edmonton Oilers started their run. Now, Red Wing fans who come into Little Caesars, they see the Gordy House statue. Some of his accomplishments. Like four Stanley Cups. Oh, I know. Six Hart Trophies, six Art Ross Trophies. He retired in 1971, and then he continued playing with yourself and others. And I believe he had, like, a wrist injury is why he left left the Red Wings. Yes. So, like, was he hampered? Did he? Well, like, he had the, yeah. the arthritis. The, okay. Uh, and he had that stuff. Uh, what was it called? DMSO? Yeah, that was okay. the technical name for it. The anagram is it's some kind of rub that you put on racehorses <laughs> and you, you use it for arthritis and you can smell Gordy coming a mile away it would just be oh god here comes secretariat we used to call him and he'd come in and yeah. he'd put that stuff on and oh, he'd funny. be able to play and, yeah. but it, you talk about all his accomplishments and yeah. all he'd done and uh, he was just such a nice down-to-earth man he, he was just uh, you wouldn't think that he you know a, younger guys and guys playing in the WHA who never made it to the NHL and here you are playing with Gordy Howe and Gordy was one of the guys and uh, Bill Deneen was our coach for a while too and uh, to have the Fox and Gordy in the same room it was that what that relationship was was something and Bill coached Gordy in Houston too and I didn't know that but well I did know that but uh, when he came to Hartford I came to Hartford uh, in the WHA when Bill was still coaching and uh, the late Bill Deneen and Gordy were such good friends. And the chemistry with those two, and then uh, it helped the team so much because they would chat and know, oh, here's what we're going to do, here's what we're going to do. And the, the Fox was smart enough to play along with it. Now, John, financially, Gordy here's was... One more, yeah, what's here's that? one more no, uh, Howe story <laughs> yeah. with Bill Deneen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Colleen, Gordy's wife, uh, she was kind of the manager of the three of them. And uh, one night, Bill decided that Marty was going to be a healthy scratch. So <laughs> Colleen comes down, <laughs> knocking on Bill's door. Yeah. Hey, Bill, I came to watch my three boys, not just two. Not just two. <laughs> and he, he played, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just wrapping up with our, our Gordie Howe theme, John, you're in from Vancouver. Uh, you, I don't know if you got a chance to drive by Joe Lewis Arena's being demolished, and now you're here. 
Gordy's legacy, we talk about the Gordy, how Hattrick, the goal, this, yes, this, yes. the fight. When you think about how, and it's been many years, and there have been other Red Wings whose jerseys are hanging up here in the rafters. Any final thoughts on <laughs> Gordy? Gordy well, Howe's legacy? Yeah. And I know people here in Detroit, they'll realize how old I am, but I remember the first time I went to Lindell AC yeah. with Gordy Howe. Really? And there we are. And I'm just with Gordy. And yeah. we, oh, what a place that was. It was like a museum. All the pictures and the yeah. baseball pictures and yeah. the hockey pictures and the, it, you just go around Lindell AC and it, it was and now Big City Grill is closed down. <laughs> I, I, I am getting old, uh, but the traditions the that tradition. Gordy respected yeah. Yeah. and uh, okay, I'm a star and Gordy, the either Wayne Gretzky or Gordy Howe and people still talk well Bobby Orr maybe thrown in there, but he's in my opinion he's a third greatest player of all time and. We'd drive a bus from Hartford to New York. Games after, we'd play yeah. Saturday in Hartford, Sunday in New York. We'd bus to New York, and you get in at 1.30, 2 o'clock. You're, all these people standing in the lobby waiting for Gordy to get their autographs. And Gordy would stand there, and we'd all, you know, who, yeah. who wants John Garrett's autograph? Yeah. And Gordy would make sure everybody Every. who came out at 1.30 yeah. in the morning, they got their autograph. And, and that's it after was playing, nothing. yeah, the night yeah before, after playing the night before and 52 years old. Yeah. And you, you know, here you go. And that was Gordy. And you know the old story about he, he wanted to go home because he didn't get his Red Wings jacket. That kind of stuff. The, the yeah. tradition of the game. And he just loved the game so much. And he loved to play and practice. Was he to have fun in practice. And you'd just yeah. uh, you'd start giggling. You'd lose two or three in a row. And here's Gordy. And he, he's shooting wrong-handed on you. You're coming in and he's laughing like oh, crazy. Yeah, that's right. Switching yeah. hands and scoring <laughs> top shelf. And you okay, Gordy. Yeah, yeah, I hope I can last half as long as you. <laughs> no kidding. Um, John, thanks for sharing your memories here today before the Wings and Canucks play. Thanks very much for your time today. Well, thank you. And yeah. it's always a pleasure to talk about a, a guy like that yeah. that you have so much respect for and uh, uh, one of the true stars of the game and stars of life. Yeah. You, you, you like to. Uh, and now uh, you talk about the game changing. There's so much money involved and it's such a business that uh, it's hard. It's hard to maintain that personality like Gordy had and the stars that uh, when it was you're playing for fun really you need a summer job to keep going and uh, they just love the game so much. That was John Garrett former NHL goalie and Vancouver Canucks TV analyst coming up next overtime with Ted Colfin. Okay we're back for overtime any Gordy Howe memories for you Ted when you think of Gordy Howe you know, I do in the respect that he was always a gentleman. I never watched, I never saw him play really, but he was always a gentleman to me whenever he came around. Uh, one of the true legends, obviously, one of the icons of Red Wing hockey, there's no question about that. But yeah, just always a gentleman. I mean, just class act. Now, coming up this week, you'll be at Madison Square Garden Wednesday night. That's the NBC game of the week, the midweek game, the Wings and Rangers. Rangers are 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. And Sure then, to have a Jimmy Howard and Henrik Lundqvist showdown, probably. They've always, I think the last oh, that's right. handful of games here in the last few years, when they play at Madison Square Garden, it's just been unbelievable, the goaltending between Howard and Lundqvist. But given how those two defenses are right now, both will probably have to face 70 shots Wednesday night. Well, you've got that game on Wednesday. And then the uh, Boston Bruins will be here. They're 10-1-2. So like you said, it, 
doesn't get any easier. Nashville tonight, and then you have the Rangers. And then a very impressive Vegas team on Sunday here. Uh, Vegas, I think they've beaten the Red Wings, what, two or three? Well, they're two-year-old, so they've beaten them twice handily here at Little Caesars. Um, that's my pick in the West. I really like that Vegas team. They're very deep, so you go on a three-game road trip to the West Coast with the way this team's playing, who knows what that, how that's going to turn out. Yeah, our next podcast will be that Sunday night against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Until then, you can follow Ted on Twitter during the games and after game day skates at T. Colfin. And you can check out our new Octopulse page on Facebook, which has videos, photo galleries, the podcast, the Grand Rapids Report. We'll see you next week, Ted. Thank you, Mark.